This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll This is a story that was told by Rav Shalom Shvadaron, who was known as the Magid of Jerusalem. It's a story about the Kelemer Magid, Rabbi Moshe Yitzchak the Darshan, who died in 1899. What is a Darshan or a Magid? It's somebody who would go around to Jewish towns, make an announcement that they're speaking in the main shul or in one of the shuls, and people would come to be inspired to do tshuva and to fix their ways. And the Kelomer Magid was such a masterful speaker that he could describe a scene and it would be so vivid that the people listening imagined that they were there in that scene themselves. One time the Kelomer Magid came to a town where he felt that the community needed to do some tshuva and that the bima, he didn't hold back. If he knew specific individuals needed to fix something, he would call them out in public. And even though people knew that they might be embarrassed called out for their actions by the Kelimer Magid. They were so enthralled by his speaking and his ability to bring people closer to Hashem that they packed any shul that he was speaking in. It was once said that in the month of Elul, which is the month that we're in now, the month where we prepare for Tishrei, days of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, and Simchas Torah, he delivered 60 drushes, 60 talks, in Balistok, where he would often speak. Each trade had its own shul. There was the garbage shul for the people in the leather trade, the stoler's shul for the carpenters, and the Schneider's shul for the tailors. And one night in the Schneider's shul, people from all over the community gathered to hear the Kelimer Magid speak. <laughs> that night, he described how the town of Bailestak appeared before Hashem in the final day of judgment. And for over an hour, he spoke about the merits and the faults of the people in that community describing the debates that were going on in the heavenly court about the people living in the town. And then the Magid announced, The moment of truth has arrived for the tailors of Bailestock and the people of the Schneider Shul. Listen, he said, the voices in the heavenly court are calling out, Tailors of Bailestock, stand at attention! And people were so captivated by his speaking that all of the tailors actually stood up at attention. One day, the Kelimer Magid was traveling on a Friday afternoon. And it was known that from midday on Friday, wherever he was, he would be settled for Shabbos, or he would stop traveling. And one Friday morning, he's riding with his coachman, and the Magid looks around, and he looks at his watch, and he sees it's getting close to midday, and he says to the coachman to stop. He has to get off. The driver says, but Rebbe, we're nowhere near a city. How are you going to get off the wagon right now in the middle of the forest? And the Kelimer Magid said, I don't travel after midday on Fridays. That's my custom, and I'm certainly not changing it now. And the driver said to him, well, at least let me tell you how to get to the town. I want you to walk easterly for an hour, and then you're going to get to a crossroad, and you're going to turn left, and eventually you'll come into a city. And the Kelimer Magid nods his head and says, okay, thank you very much. He pays the coachman, and the coachman drives away. Well, the Kelimer Magid begins his long walk into town. And eventually he makes his way to the crossroad. He turns left and makes his way into a city. 
And just at the edge of the city, he sees a Jew walking along as well. And so the Kelim Ramagid approaches him. He says, Shalom Aleichem, my sweetest friend. And the Jew says, Aleichem Shalom. He says, tell me, what's going on in this town of yours? And the man says, everything's fine. Baruch Hashem. Why are you asking? The Kelim Ramagid says, I'm a Magid. My job is to travel around and inspire people to come closer to Hashem and do tshuva. And I'm heading into your town. So I wanted to know if there's anything that you know that needs to be fixed in this town. And the man thinks about it for a second and he says, well, you know what, really, everything is fine here. And the Kelim Ramagid says, well, what about Shemir Shabbos, keeping the Sabbath? And the man says, yeah, that's pretty good. And the Kelimer says, and Hachnas Sochim, hosting guests? The man says, yeah, also pretty good. What about the Cheva Kadisha, the burial society? He thinks for a second and he says, yeah, they're also pretty good. The Kelimer Magid says, what, there's nothing at all to fix in this town? The man says, oh, yes, we actually have one terrible problem. We have a young man, his name is Yankele, and he's a Moser. He's an informant. He loves giving information to the authorities to ruin the lives of people over here. And because of that, he's become very rich and everyone's scared of him. And even now and then, he beats people. And then the man who was talking with the Kelimer Magid, he looks at something in the distance and he says, sorry, I have to go. And the Kelimer says, where are you going? And he says, you know that man that I was just telling you about, the informant for the government? Well, he's coming down the hill now and I got to get out of here. He scares me. And as the man is walking away, the Kalimer Magid says, Wait, wait! Isn't there anything good about him? Does he have at least one good trait? Because everyone knows that Rabbi Nachman taught that we have to find the good in everyone and everything. And he says, Yes, of course, there's one good thing about him. If he promises that he's going to ruin someone's life, you can be sure he will. He always keeps his word. With that, the man ran away. The Kelim Ramagid says, thank you. I'll find a way to use this information for good. And so the Magid started walking straight towards Yankale, which he figured was the reason that he needed to come to this town. And once they were within speaking distance, the Kelimer sticks out his hand with a big smile, and he says, Shalom Aleichem, Rebbe Yankale. And the young man was a little surprised because nobody had called him Reb, which was an honorable title. Reb Yankale. People would spit at him. They couldn't stand to see him. Most people ran away or cursed him. Yankele says, who are you? What do you want from me? And the Kelimer Magid says, listen, I'm a Magid. And I travel around from place to place. And wherever I go and I give a drasha, people pass around a plate and collect some money. And that's how I make a living. But you can see I'm getting older now. And I'm tired. And I have to make as much money as I can so that when I can't work, I can live off of something. If you would do me the greatest favor, Yankele, and this Sunday night, please come to my drasha in the main shul. Yankele's eyebrows raise up and he says, Me? Go to a drasha? You've got to be joking. I would never go to shul. And I certainly wouldn't go to a drasha from a magid like you. But the Kelimer, he didn't give up. He said, Yankele, listen, you're a very popular and respected person. And if I tell people that you're coming to my drasha, then people will feel that it's a serious and important event. And many more people will come up. And I'll make more money. And I need money to retire. Look at me, I'm an old Jew. Won't you do it for an old Jew? And for some reason, Yankele's heart was softened for a second. And he said, all right, all right, I'll come. And then a few seconds later, Yankele catches himself and he says, what are you, this is ridiculous. Forget it. I told you before, I'm not coming. I will never come to something like that. And I'm not interested. I'm sorry I said what I said. And the Kelimer Magid said, now wait a second, Yankele. I was told many things about you, but one good thing that I was told about you is that you are a very truthful person. And once you give your word, you never go back on it. 
People here have told me, you've promised all kinds of things, and everything you promised you fulfilled. Ah, uh, Yankele was a little angry now, and he realized that the Kelimer Magid was telling the truth. So he said, all right, it's true. I do keep my word, and I did say I would come. So fine, I'll come. Sunday night, fine, I'll come. And with that, the Kelimer Magid made his way into the town. He spent Shabbos there, and word spread quickly that on Sunday night, the Kelimer Magid would be giving a drasha in the main shul, and everyone in town crowded in to hear the great Magid speak. This was an event that a town like this normally never had. Not only was it a religious experience, but it was a type of entertainment. I mean, there was no events, there were no circuses or TVs or video games or anything back then. And everyone there was religious, so when a Magid was coming to town, that was very exciting. And a Magid would tell stories for hours on end. And somebody as famous as the Kelimer Magid, everyone wanted to be there. So the people found their places in the large shul and waited for the Magid to make his way to the bima. But the Magid just sat in the front row together with the rabbis of the town. And when people said to the Magid, No, Rabbi, when are you going to start? He says, I'm starting when Yankele the Moser comes. People started whispering, Yankele the Moser is coming tonight? But Yankele didn't show up. Ten minutes passed. Fifteen minutes passed. People were beginning to get impatient. I mean, why would Yankele come to a drasha from a Magid like the Kelimer? It's absurd. And finally, after an hour, from the back of the shul, people began whispering nervously that Yankele was coming, and all the eyes turned towards the door, and as he entered, they made a path for him so that nobody would have to touch him, and Yankele walked straight up to the front of the shul, where the Kelimer Magid was waiting for him, and he said, Yankele, please sit here next to the rabbis in the front seat, and he was given the most respectful seat in the whole shul. He sat down feeling quite uncomfortable being amongst these great rabbis. And the Kelimer confidently makes his way up to the bima. He goes over and he kisses the curtain of the Aron Kodesh of the Holy Ark and began his drasha by citing the Mishnah that, of course, everybody knows. We say it before we say Pirkei Avot. Kol Yisrael yesh lehem chelek laolam haba. Every Jew has a share in the world to come. Every Jew has a share in the world to come. He spent over an hour talking about how beneficial it is to be a good person and to behave in a moral way. And people loved the stories and the parables that he shared. And after an hour, he said, For years I've been speaking in cities and towns all throughout Poland and Russia. And in many places I've helped people to fix things that they wouldn't have been able to fix without me speaking. There are many people that became more honest, people that started doing mitzvot and did tshuva. And surely, as a result of all the work and self-sacrifice, mesiud nefesh, that I've done, I have a reward for me waiting in the world to come. But tonight I have an announcement to make. I have decided that I am going to give away my place in the world to come to my good friend Yankele, who came here tonight because he did me such a great favor by coming just as he promised he would. Yankele is getting really nervous in his seat. He doesn't understand what's going on here. And the Kelimer Magid says, Yankele, come up here. We have all the rabbis of this town. I want to sign a contract witnessed in front of the rabbis of this city that will give you the reward that I've earned for all the years that I've been traveling around and helping Jews come closer to Hashem. And the Kelimer Magid called up three of the rabbis from the front row and sat them down to write the contract. And he holds it up and shows it to the crowd. And everybody is kind of shocked. <gasps> I mean, this guy, Yankele, 
Not only did he not have a place in the world to come, if he did, his place was in a really hot, fiery place. He certainly didn't deserve the reward of a great tzaddik like the Kelimer Magid. But there, people see the contract, and the rabbi signed it, and the Kelimer Magid signed it. And he says to Yankele, come up here and accept your reward for coming tonight. Then Yankele looked around him. He could see all of the eyes were on him. And he slowly walks up the steps of the bima, sits down, and to the shock and awe of everybody who was there, he signs his name and takes the contract. Everyone was shocked because the Kelim Ramagid had literally given away his place in the world to come to the most evil person in town. And then the Kelimer, with a song on his lips, he said, Now let me tell you the second part of that same Mishnah. But these are the people that don't have a share in the world to come. And then he talked about people who sinned in self-righteousness and considered themselves tzaddikim, righteous people, even though they were shayim, they were wicked. And for an hour, he went on and on about how far a person can go in sinning and doing transgressions and getting distant from Hashem. And then he pointed at Yankele, sitting in the front row, and he said, Yankele, Yankele, you have the opportunity now to do tshuva. Don't give up and lose the reward that you got tonight. Come back to us, Yankele. Come back to the community that will embrace you. Come back to Torah and mitzvahs. Come back, and I promise you, you will earn that place in the world to come that I have given you. And Yankele was so embarrassed. He was filled with fear and remorse. His face turned red, and he put his hands over his face. He couldn't bear to see anyone. And then the Kelimer Magid finished his drasha, organized a minion for Arvit for the evening services, left the Beit HaMidrash, and the next day, he was gone. And about 15 years later, when the Magid was now really an old man, he made his way back to this little town. And when he got there, he decided to look up his old friend, Yankele the Moser, to see what had happened. But nobody knew who Yankele the Moser was. The Kelimer Magid said, Are you sure nobody knows who he is? Nobody had heard of him. Finally, he came to the marketplace, and he found an older chassid. And the Kelimer says to him, Have you heard of Yankele the Moser? And the man has a big smile on his face. Oh, you must mean Reb Yankele. The Magid says, Who? He says, Yes, yes. The old man says, A long time ago, there was someone in this town called Yankele the Moser. The time he was a real troublemaker, he really ruined people's lives. But then something amazing happened. A Magid came to town, gave a powerful drasha, and it said that Yankele went home and cried all night. The next morning came early to shul, daven with the minion. And then he went up to the Azraz Nashim, the women's section, which was completely empty. And he stayed there for a long time. And they made a little section for him, separate from the women. And the women would bring him food and clothing. And every day, he would get people to teach him Torah, until eventually, he became a great tzaddik. And now in this town, he's known as Yankele the Tzaddik. And most people don't even remember that he was called Yankele the Moser, the informant. So the Magid starts announcing, Tell everyone that the Kelimer Magid has come to town, and that he's going to give a drasha in two nights in the main shul. And word spread quickly. Posters were put up. People went door to door to announce that the famous Kelimer Magid was here to give a drasha in the big shul, just like he had done many years before. And people were still inspired from his drasha all those years ago. And everybody gathered in the shul, and there were a few rabbis that made introductory remarks. 
saying this is the Kelimer Maged and so on and so forth. The Kelimer gets up and he says, I'm told there's a man in this town who's known as Yankele the Tzadik, Yankele, who was in his little section, in the balcony of the women's section. He sticks his head out from behind the curtain and he sees the Kelimer Maged. Yankele had certainly changed. His hair had turned white. He had a big beard, a big payas, a big kippah. And he wore talus all the time. And the Kelimer says to him, Yankele, I'm surprised you'd allow yourself to be called a tzaddik. You of all people should know what it says in the Mishnah. That sins between Hashem and humans, Yom Kippur provides atonement. But sins between humans and their fellow humans, Yom Kippur does not provide atonement. You have to make up with the people that you hurt. But what happens if a person dies before you get a chance to make up with them? Then the wrongdoer must come to the gravesite of the person who passed away, together with a minion, and ask for forgiveness. And the Magid said, Yankele, you know in your heart that in the past you ruined so many people's lives with your actions. Have you begged them for forgiveness? How many widows and orphans did you leave behind? Did you go to the graves of those husbands and fathers that are no longer here, Yankele? You've come so far, but you haven't finished your process of tshuva. Yankele, we can't know where those people are buried, but we, the community, can be their representatives and accept your forgiveness, because amongst the people here are many of their descendants. Now, Yankele, come down from the women's section and stand next to me on the bima. Confess openly. And Yankele came down, walking the steps slowly. Everyone was shocked. They see him walk up the stairs of the bima, and the Kelimer Magid opened the doors of the Aron Kodesh, of the Holy Ark, where all the Sifrei Torah, the Torah scrolls, were sitting. And everyone could feel the holiness coming out of the Aron Kodesh. And the Kelimer told Yankele, come here. Yankele could hardly walk. He had to hold on to whatever he could find. He was crying so strong he couldn't even speak. He understood the deep truth of the Magid's words. The Magid said to him, Come forward so you can finally reach the level that you truly deserve and ask forgiveness from this community. And Yankele fell to the ground. He couldn't walk. And some of the people in the community helped him to stand back up. And he made his way forward, but he couldn't speak. He was completely silent. And the Kelimer Magid, he said, The Heidegger Rebbe Nachman teaches us, that it's not enough to do tshuva. We also have to do tshuva on top of our tshuva. Because when we did tshuva one point, that brought us to a certain place. But once a person changes, they have to do tshuva from the place that they're at now. And my dear friend here, Rabbi Yankele, he's now ready to do tshuva on his tshuva. And so the Kelim Ramagat says to Yankele, I'll say the words and you repeat after me. Chatasi, I've sinned. And Yankele repeated, Chatasi. I've sinned to Hashem, the God of Israel, to Hashem, the God of Israel, and to the people of this town, and to the people of this town. The shul was completely silent. Nobody had ever experienced a moment like this in their entire lives. And everyone listened with compassion and deep forgiveness for the man who had truly done tshuva over the years. And then all together, led by the Kelimer Magid, they shouted loudly, Macholach, 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 you are forgiven, you are forgiven, you are forgiven. And then the Kelimer Magid hugged Rabbi Yankale 
And he said, now, my sweetest friend, you are truly Reb Yankele, the Tzaddik. to do tshuva, my sweetest friends, now and always, and come into Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, ready to reach a higher spiritual place than we've ever reached in our entire lives. Lechaim! Nine, nine, nine. 